You are listening to WHUPLP Hillsborough. My name is Gilbert Neal, and this is D-Sides, Orphans, and Oddities. I'm going to play a many splendored show today with some of the stuff that I never got to when I did my disco show. Yes, I know, you can't wait to hear more disco by artists you never knew did disco, but they did. And some stuff that's not disco, but the centerpiece of my show is a double whammy. And I'm going to talk about it later, but it's a pretty safe bet that you folks are in for another treat. And you can say to your friends after this two hours is over, I heard something on the radio that I had never heard on the radio before. That's my guarantee of quality to you and yourn. Anyway, let's start with a band called Amandul, who actually actually is Amandul 2, because the band was once one group that split up because some of the other members didn't want to do things like learn how to play their instruments, learn how to sing and do arrangements, stuff like that. It was all a part of a radical political art commune in Munich, and one experiment, two experiments, and they decided, some of them decided that we would like to actually make music instead of being part of this uh, movement. I'm not sure I have all the broad strokes, but suffice to say that there were two Amandules. You might have not heard of any, but... If you're a per person of a certain age, you had heard of actually Amandul too, who I am going to play for you now. I hope we're all okay after this. But first, I'm going to do some technical stuff here. Let's do that. And let's do this. Please don't be afraid 
See? I bet you didn't know that Carol King did disco. She did. 1978. Her album Welcome Home which didn't do very well at all. In fact, it was probably the worst time of her career, and uh, it only went to 104 on the Billboard chart. But if you're hungry for disco, there it is. <sighs> Before that, Amandul, who almost never did anything sunny and nice. We never do anything nice and easy. But 1978 from the album Only Human, Kismet. My name is Gilbert Neal, and this is D-Sides, Orphans, and Oddities. Okay, so I'm going to put on my mental cap here, the best kind, and I'm going to ponder whether you want to hear more disco like that from artists you didn't know did disco, or if you want me to get on with the ceremony, the, uh, the main meat of the show that I wanted to put on the old barbecue of rock and roll. I've got all my disco here today, or excuse me, I've got all my records, my vinyl here today, and I just haven't decided what I'm going to do with it. But what I do know, what I do know is that I've been going on discogs lately and I've been going kind of crazy. <laughs> I bought a training record, rather a, I guess you could call it a demonstration record. And I know that my, my friend Dan will appreciate this because when we were kids, in no way, shape, or form, could we ever imagine being able to afford a TAC A3340S or a A73002T? These are all, well, there's two more, but I'm not going to bore you with it because it's not going to mean anything. But it's multi-track recorders that were reel-to-reel. And you can still get them. They're made by TIAC. You can still get them on eBay or any number of places. And what it was was a multi-track recording device where you'd set up your microphones and you'd record your rock and roll and you'd conquer the world. So... Here's how I imagine this thing playing out. TIAC was owned by the Japanese. TIAC is T-E-A-C, which is short for something. I don't know what. T-E-A-C. But it's not someone's name. It's, uh, it's uh, short for something. It's a... How you say, what is it? What is the word? Um, what do they do when, when words are formed by the thing? You know. So anyway, this, came, this company um, has four divisions. One of them is Tascam. Now, by the time Tascam reached the United States, we were all up in that multi-track recording, and it was now on cassette. 
which suited us just fine because they were less expensive than the TX, which had come out, gosh, early 70s. I don't know if this is what Paul McCartney recorded McCartney on, but I don't know that it's not. Anyhow, TX released an album in 1974, basically going over the high points of this machine and saying, you too can be, you, you can get around the recording studios. You don't have to pay those exorbitant fees as long as you pay us the exorbitant fees to get one of these things. I had never heard of them. I had heard of Tascam. I practically had a tattoo made of Tascam on my, on my arm because I loved them so much. Now, here's how I pictured happening. Someone from Tokyo says, what is the hottest American band that we can get to make a record using TX stuff? And we can put it on this record and we can send it out to people and... They would, they would play it for customers, and they would then buy TX stuff like this. Who's the hottest band? Let's see. Is it Alice Cooper? Their record company said no. Um, Led Zeppelin? No. They said no. Um, Jim Croce? Nope. James Taylor? Nope. Carol King? Nope. No one. Until they finally... Maybe one of them stumbled into a Todd Rundgren concert in the early 70s, and there were a bunch of mimes on stage. They were playing their music. They weren't talking to the audience. They were miming. They sang their songs, but they never talked to us. They did mimes, and we liked that. That's awesome. This is what American music must be like. Let's get those guys to do it. So a band that had been around since 1967 called Hello People, and you can go on YouTube and find them doing a couple of songs from the, um, from, uh, the glory days of uh, Flower Power and all that stuff. And in 1974, they made a record for and with the TIAC company, the TIAC Corporation. One of the songs, well, the thing was produced by Todd Rundgren. The whole album was. And I'm going to play you some of the cuts. And I'm going to juxtapose them with a couple of songs from this record. This TX demonstration disc. I'm not going to play you the whole thing. I could. I wanna. But I'm not gonna. Because even though my disdain is palpable today for you and me and everyone. I just can't do that to this wonderful station, which is WHUP. So onward, inward, atward, uh, toward, we go with the songs of Hello People. This album is called The Handsome Devils and it went nowhere. And the TX Corporation's demonstration disc Featuring the aforementioned hello people. And I'm just, I'm just, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. It's final. It's so pure. 
Oh god, it's so pure.
Listening to music is so much a part of everyday life that it seems hard to imagine that only 60 years ago, recording was in its infancy. Well, what was it like to record in the beginning? In the first place, it was all done without electricity. Instead of a microphone, you played or sang into a large collector horn, and it drove a needle that cut a groove directly on a wax disc. It helped a lot if you were loud. Never mind any subtleties. It wasn't perfect, but it was music. The electricity made it much easier for the engineer to record. The devices it helped produce, like amplifiers and microphones, improved the quality of the recordings a lot. But it wasn't until the invention of the tape machine that engineers and musicians had the kind of control over the music that they'd been looking for. The magnetic tape recorder made it possible to record a song several times, and with a razor blade, cut up and spliced together the best passages of each take. Recordings now began to represent a musician's best efforts. Now he had the freedom to extend himself, to stretch out and go his limit without worrying about mistakes. If they happened, they were simply cut out. Now this was a big improvement, but everybody still had to play at the same time in the same room, just like the good old days. When stereo happened, the engineers decided to split the tape down the middle to get the two independent channels. And when the musicians found out that they could separate the two channels, the next thing they wanted to be able to do was to record them at separate times. And if two channels were good, how about three? Or four? Or 24? The multi-track tape recorder not only changed the way music was made, but it allowed the making of music that was impossible by any other means. The one-man band was no longer a novelty or a joke. If you played more than one instrument, or one instrument more than once, you could now hear what you sounded like together. Songs could be put together section by section, instrument by instrument, and even if necessary, note by note.
another try at the vocal, you know, that you could go over and over and over again before it was sound on sound. If you messed up the vocal, you messed up the track. I remember that first tape was like straight into the machine. What did your managers say when they heard these tapes? Though some of those are nice ideas. Here's some money. Go into the studio. And what I mean is, and that's where we learned that the money was better off spent in the house. Short runs in the studio just wasn't hooking it, man. <laughs> Everything we had was almost. In the studio, it was great. You know, you get all four monitors going and assign a different thing to each monitor. It sounds like King Kong. But you take that you know, full track tape into some dude's office. It just sounds like the hell. The part about it was that after that experience, even Al and other people learned that if they wanted to give us something, they was better off giving us a piece of equipment or making that kind of thing possible than short runs in the studio. Yeah, in other words, basically it was it was time. Yeah, because sure, you can't, you'd run you can't out of, give people that are trying to prove themselves six hours to prove of uh, sudden death football. You have days and you have days, and even if you have a great day, six hours ain't enough to make a great tape, or eight hours, or 12. Okay, when did you start really working on engineering, Greg? We had a quarter track, seven and a half IPS, stereo, you know, blank, blank tape recorder <laughs> that we just stuck some mics into and fooled around with sound on sound. He's always been the electronic spearhead of the band. I, I mean, I can remember you thinking about mixes and stuff, you know, clear back in the old days, you know. I have thought, Greg, Greg, who engineers when you play? Mm, Norman, and then comes Bobby, and then last comes Larry. <laughs> Larry's a claw and he punches out. He punches record every time you get him near the machine. He'll just punch record. You gotta watch out for this guy. Yeah. He's a good player, though. Yeah. If Greg has to, uh, <clears throat> like, he can't engineer all the time, so if he comes out here, you know, in, in the studio to play, he gives, like, a, a quick set of last-minute guidelines, you know, and it's like you're up in a plane and the pilot hands you the controls and says, rudders for your feet, you know, ailerons for your hands, and then he dives out the plane. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it, you know? yeah, I don't think it's that scary. Well, well yeah, it is, man. It's, it's kind of frightening. When you start? Yeah, when you start, it is frightening because, like, you got this basic track done that sounds, sounds great, you know, and press the wrong button, you're going to wreck it, you know. <laughs> you know, three days of yelling and arguing and trying to get it right, and then, you know, one, the wrong button goes down and... Friends of, mine, friends of mine say that you're not a real engineer until you've erased at least one master. I guess you ain't a real engineer yet. <laughs> I am. What was the first tune you guys recorded in stereo?
It's a little shaky. I'm afraid of that. Oh, it really sounded good. Come on in. Come on in, and we're going to listen too. The music that you're about to hear is being made by a group called Hello People, and they're recording at home. Now, the tape recorder that they're using is a 3340, and the technology that produces and supports it is from TIAC. I'm ready in here. Uh, Bobby, could you get a little closer? And Larry, uh, just back off about an inch or two. Okay. How's this, guys? Uh, that sounds a little better. Okay, Norm, you ready? If you are, slate it, would you? Yeah, right here. This here's Kriego. Take one. Hey, Greg, could you hold it for a second? I lost my pitch. Uh, hit an E there, would you? Larry? Yeah. E minor. Recording is the union of technology and art, and understanding how this happens involves not so much seeing where one ends and the other begins, but rather in hearing how the two fit together, and there's a story here. It has everything to do with why this band bought a 3349 months ago, and how they've used it since. So this record isn't so much about the 3340 as it is what the 3340 is all about, the making of music.
Well, now you have it. <laughs> now you know what Hello People sounded like in 1974. <sighs> and that was Future Shock, Destiny, Krigo. A couple of versions of Krigo. One was, the one you just heard was the one that the band recorded on their delightful TIAC recorder. And the one before that was the one that Todd Rundgren actually produced for their studio album. I prefer their TIAC version, actually. I I don't know about Todd Rundgren then. I, I know he knows what he's doing, but he knew what he was doing. Knows what he's doing. I, I, who am I? Who am I? Who am I? This is D-Sides, Orphans, and Oddities. My name is Gilbert Neal. I promised you strange and I think I delivered on the strange. So this album, Hello People, was uh, has something on the back of it, a uh, little message from Todd Rundgren. It says, since this is the first Hello People record in years, the first temptation is to be historical about the band, but a band that has outlasted most other American bands since 67, true, has so much history that obviously something else makes them still worth recording in 74. That something can hopefully now be heard as successfully as it has been seen in the past. Hmm. And of course, they do uh, Just One Victory, which is a cover of Todd Rundgren, and we do a song called Save a Dance for Me, which was written by Moogie Klingman. Do I have that right? Hang on. Nah, I don't care. All right. So there you are. Um, Hello People released their last album in 1979. It was called Lost at Sea. Got to get a hold of that. You know I'd like to buy things that have never been released on CD before. Things that have not been released on CD tend to not be very popular and have no historical significance. And so it is with these guys and Hello People. I'd love to talk to them, one of them one day. Um, and you can find them on Wikipedia. They're on Wikipedia. They have a page. So there's that thing. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed the rest of the show. It's mostly disco focused. I just had leftovers. I'm crazy with the vinyl.
UPLP Hillsboro.
Oh, that's that's some disco right there. That's that's the that's the prime stuff. If you if you like that sort of thing, that's the oh boy, yeah. So started that set with a song by a guy who called himself Daddy Dewdrop. <sighs> Daddy Dewdrop. Daddy Dewdrop with Nanu Nanu. I want to get funky with you. Now, which you, the which is spelled W-I-C-H, and text correcting has been my my noir today with this thing. But Daddy Dewdrop was the guy who recorded the song that people of a certain age will remember. Chicka boom, chicka boom, don't you just love it? Jazz is spelled J-E-S, apostrophe. Chick-a-boom, chick-a-boom, don't you just love it? I will not play that song because it did reach the top ten. All you need to know is that it was written for the morning cartoon series Groovy Ghoulies. And I think both songs are uh, equally good, let's say. And after that, oh, yeah, on the shelf, which was, I played the 12 inch of a song that Donnie and Marie Osmond recorded in 1978. It was a top 40 hit. It reached number 38. But I played it because I wanted you to hear it. Did you ever see the movie Going Coconuts? I don't mean the Marx Brothers movie. I mean the Donnie and Marie vehicle. Going Coconuts. Like as in crazy. Going nutty. Did you ever see that? Well, if you were an early adopter of the HBO, then you did see it. Even if you didn't think you saw it. You saw it. Anyway, it's a perfectly harmless movie. It's fun. Your kids will love it. I mean, they've been exposed to all sorts of more fun, more funny, better made things. But I'm just saying that it won't hurt them. My name is Gilbert Neal. This is D-Sides, Orphans, and Oddities. And I am playing, well, the remnants of my disco collection. I have an eight-minute song. I I I heard that, that Luke Christie guardian angel song and i just had to have it because the b-side is instrumental and i just had to have it so i bought it no i have it no i own it that's not a metaphor i did buy it i do own it is that a metaphor when you say somebody bought something boy he bought that boy you own that now you own that I don't know. I don't have enough friends to bounce it off of, so I can't really tell you which one is the right one. Also, I can't I have programmed next, but I'm going to use my mental facilities to once again meditate and see, would you rather hear Guardian Angel again, eight minutes of it, or would you rather me play some more uh, interesting people singing uh, disco music? I hear you. I hear you. I hear you all. Okay. Stay morning light. Now you're gone. 
Augustine, Victoria, Victoria.
I like that. I like it a lot. Mm-hmm. This is D-Sides Orphans and Oddities, and my name is Gilbert Neal. We started the set there with Frankie Valley, with the team that was behind all those big hits for the for the Bee Gees. And in fact, that song was co-written by Barry Gibb, Save Me, Save Me, from 1978. And after that, this is a band you never hear, ever, on the radio or um, classic rock or anything. They only released two records in their uh, prime time, if you're going to call it that. Um, so you've, it, when I look, when I say to someone, you know, I like that gentle giant, and they say to me, what do you mean, the guy who's selling the peas on the commercials? No, that's not Gentle Giant. That's that's a band called Nidralog or Ganidralog. They released two records, and that was a, a cut from each one of them. And, and it, that's really, really nutty. I like it a lot. Uh, I'm going to investigate more of their stuff. I'm going to play it. And you heard the songs Snails from 1972. And then the same year they released their second album, Social Embarrassment, was the name of the song you just heard with uh, the strings and the oboe and the horns and all that stuff. It was like a very, um, it was like a footloose and fancy free version of uh, King Crimson. Um, Their early stuff's a little tight for my taste, but, um, but uh, please investigate. The band is spelled G-N-I-D-R-O-L-O-G, Ganidralog. And that comes from the last name of the brothers who formed the band, Gold Ring, backwards and mutated somewhat. So they come from um, one of them. I, I can't even begin to tell you. I'm sorry. I, I just it's it's just it's still that stuff is still bouncing around. I really, really like it. I'm going to play some more. Not tonight. Um, miles to go before I sleep tonight, but, um, I think in the next coming weeks I will, uh, investigate further and, uh, hopefully someone out there will hear it, buy one of their records through their, uh, I don't know. 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 I just like it a lot. Sometimes things affect me and, and that does. All right. So onward, upward, away we go. I'm listening to you again. What do you want me to do? You want the Luke Christie? Or do you want me to keep playing with this uh, this Airzets discotheque that I'm I'm trapped in? Or or there's nobody and I'm talking into a void. So whichever one is happening, that's what will happen to me now. I'm doing you a favor.
Okay. Oh my. Well, thank you for listening. My name is Gilbert Neal. This is D Sides Orphans and Oddities. Uh. <laughs> no more of this. Um, 
My podcast is dsides.podbean.com. So you saw Rocky Horror Picture Show, right? This is the girl who was in that. I'll get back to it. All right. So uh, you heard Love is in the Air. You know that song because John Paul Young had a big hit with it. His own version of a disco song that everybody listened to. And but that wasn't uh, that wasn't John Paul Young. That was Jay Trainer. Who is Jay Trainer? Jay Trainer was Jay of Jay and the Americans, who had huge hits with Caramia. And um, some other song. And they were huge. Yeah, well, they were pretty big. They weren't that huge. But um, Jay Trainer, you'll recognize the voice if you listen carefully, which either one of you can, I suppose. Then it was Kitty in the Haywoods with Disco Fairyland. And they were from Chicago, and one of the girls in Kitty in the Haywoods was in the new Rotary Connection who put out one of my favorite records, although nobody knows it. The record, not me, and the fact that I like it. But anybody who cares, who cares? And then after that, Hot Tunes from Christy and Jimmy McNichol, who were big, big stars in the young teen set in the late 70s. Especially Jimmy, with his perfect hair parted on the side. And Christy was in the was in the TV show Family, so she was a young star, and she did a movie called uh, Little Foxes, I think. Was it that Little Foxes? I can't. I, can't, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, thanks for listening. My name is Gilbert Neal, and I will see you next week. And here's some more of. Let's see. What was her name? She was in Rocky Horror. Rocky Horror Picture Show cast um hmm I don't know I I never saw I, I saw the movie once and I was embarrassed when I saw it it just made me feel bad <sighs> what was her name see you next week
Little Nell. Her name was Little Nell. Was she in Rocky Horror Picture Show? Little Nell? Little Nell. Little Nell. Yes, Little Nell. Yeah, yeah, she was. So, I was right. Feels good to be right. Feels great. All right, I will see you. I just wanted to verify that. Little Nell, Nell Campbell. <sighs> Still alive. What is going on with this thing? Hello. All right, see ya.
sleeping sound your hands are very cold is something wrong there are so many things I meant to say oh I'm too late streaming live at streaming live at WHUPFM it is 8 p.m.